Hi, welcome to another episode of the Jaguar Podcast. I'm your host, Victor, and I hope you've had a very wonderful day. Thank you for joining again. If this is your first time, thank you so much. And I hope you come back to listen to the subsequent episode. And of course, check out the previous episodes. And if you've been joining us before now, thank you for joining again. And I hope you enjoyed this episode as well. Without wasting much time, I'm going to let our guest for today introduce himself. Thank you very much. Uh, my name is... Olani Olariwaju, and I am a scientist living and working here in Germany. So I'm basically a molecular biologist by training, and I focus on uh, uh, gene therapy using adeno-associated viruses as a gene delivery tool. I'm from Nigeria, and I'm from the southwestern parts on those states to be Yeah. Thank you. All right. Thank you once again for joining. And I'm particularly excited that you agreed to join this um, episode. Like I think I mentioned to you during our conversation, when I saw your tweet, I was like, this is quite inspiring because, you know, when people graduate with certain degrees, it's almost like there's no postgraduate life for them. I said, maybe they do postgraduate studies before they try a master's. But I think from the tweet you shared, which is how I got to know about you, you mentioned within a space of 10 years, you're able to get a master's degree, a PhD and MBA with a two, two, after you graduate with a two, two. And of course, we're going to mm-hmm. get into all of that. But before we do, um, what have you been up to? What did you do within this last week, within this week, rather? Oh, well, the, I, 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 I the very very tight schedule and it was basically just working and also doing some random short trips in the, in the region where I live. Yeah. So I uh my company the, the company where I work is based in a in, in a very small town of about 30 5,000 people but then very typical of uh southern Germ- Germany's uh, uh towns you always have like these small, small settlements, small, small towns all around. So, but basically, yeah, during the week, I, I, I worked, did some stuffs and maybe in the evening, then I just go to one of these small towns, just trying to, to know the environment. I yeah. moved here about a year ago. And most of the times I, I it, it's been more of, yeah, just, Walking, but finally I have time now to, you know, randomly just go to places, check things out, and yeah, go hiking. And the weather was still okay until I think two days ago. Yeah. So it, it was it was a pretty nice, hectic week, but I also still have time to do some personal cashing. I, th- I think that makes sense, and it's mm-hmm. it's a good thing that you're able to at least create time to. Um, do your personal thing because like they say, oh, we can no play make Jackie doll boy. So for me, this week was a little um interesting because I had plans for my thesis that I didn't eventually do. I'm writing my writing my thesis, but I was supposed to work on some parts of it this week that I, but eventually I didn't get the time to do that. But I started a German mm-hmm. language course because I want to improve my German language. I started a new course this week. And wow. Yeah, did normal work. So, yeah, so how did your journey to Germany start? 
Uh, so the, the, this is it's a very interesting question actually because the, the, the me coming to Germany was not planned. Okay. And of course, back then I, I read a lot about the politics and, and events around Europe. New Germany, right from beginning to be an amazing country, and it, it's a really very special country, actually. But then, you know, growing up, no, nobody talks about Germany in Nigeria, right? It's yeah. really rare for you to to hear about Germany in the news. Maybe when you see the classical cars or when they say German machine and stuff like that. Uh, coming to Germany, a, a decision made easy by a friend of mine. We okay. studied together at the Federal University of Technology at Korea. And, you know, when, when I finished undergraduate in Nigeria, I studied animal production and eggs in Futa. And the the old goal there was to become a farmer, you know. I, I wanted to become a livestock farmer, raise chickens, keep cattle, pigries, stuff like that, and then go into full-time politics because I think that's really still my number one passion, okay. politics. But now, of course, here in Germany, I have to find an alternative passion. And yeah, when, when I finished my undergraduate, and I finished seven. I went to my uncle with my farm proposal. See, I have this farm proposal. I want to set up a farm. It cost about, I think it was about four million or something. I'm not sure anymore. But then my my parents could really say, okay, we we can we we saved some money for you. And when that that when you graduate, you get something. To do. I knew I had like this savings from parents, which is like two million era then. Yeah. But then, you know, you write your proposals and you see you still need some additional cash. So I basically approached my uncle and shared this proposal with him. And I was like, what do you think? I'm going to start up my farm, but I still need additional mm-hmm. uh, uh, fund, you know? Yeah. And the guy just looked at me and he was like, young man, how old are you? You seem to be going to start taking too many responsibilities. You, know. you are young. Just go abroad, you know. Go and get your study further, you know. You write a lot about development, politics, political economy, stuff like this. Why not go abroad and see these things for yourself? And when you are 30 years old, you can come back to Nigeria and start your farm, do your politics. And, you know, yeah. that was really when, when it really became something to me that, okay, it's actually an option. Or, you know, I always belong to this group of guys, especially after my own involvement with student unionism, with local politics during my undergraduate studies. I I so much believed in the Nigerian dream, and I so much believed in this idea that I would make it in Nigeria, I would be in Nigeria, and I would I would become whatever I want to become, you know, yeah. or whatever I dream to become. But then we had this conversation and and I just got back home. The first point of call or the, the first country that came to my mind was Canada. And then I started applying or I started trying to reach out to professors in Canada. But then this old friend of mine from Futa just 
popped up from nowhere on Facebook and I, hi guy, how you doing? You know, the Yishan and Jabanta. And I was like, where are you? He's like, oh, he's in Kenya. I was like, really, Chef? I was like, yeah, he's he's doing his master's. It's a very nice place and education is free. And I'm like, okay. I just started checking out skills, you know, and I, I decided I would go to Canada. Thank you for me. And it was like, yeah, you have to come to get me and join me. Then, yeah, at, the, at that point, I just applied to the University of Bremen, and that was how the old German team became a reality for me. It was not really my, it was not on it my It was not the initial plan. No, it was on my initial plan. I, I never considered until I had this conversation with him, and then it became a reality. I think I think that's a very interesting thing because I mean I don't think I've also met anybody who German Germany was their whole plan from the get go. Like you said, in Nigeria, we, Germany is not mm-hmm. really a country we talk about. Maybe during the World Cup because they always do very well. Yeah, yeah. But then other than that, I don't think anybody wakes up and dream of going to Germany. When people dream of living in the country, it's almost always the US, Canada, UK, mm-hmm. and all of that. But I think now Germany is also becoming big for Nigerians because a lot of people seem to be coming here. And also think I yeah. like the fact that you were very open to the fact that you were working on Canada, someone came with a new idea and you thought, okay, let's do this. And also because you mentioned two very key things, getting the advice of maybe traveling abroad and coming back to do the business you want to do. I mean, for most young people just are fixated in what they want to do. They don't want to hear another yeah, advice. But you yeah, got an advice yeah. and you are really like, okay, let's consider this. And then while you're working mm-hmm. on that advice, you're like, okay, let me even try this. I think it speaks to your character, basically being an open-minded person who mm-hmm. wants to try new things. And I think it's commended, but I say this because for me, it's I ha- I, I struggle to make decisions, but once I make any decision, I, I kind of want to stick to it because mm-hmm. like any small change, what is it going to cause? I'm like basically always scared of making very small changes. And then seeing how you are like open to it, I think I find it very commendable and encouraging. I think it's something that you should really keep up to while I'm trying to still maybe learn in the future. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, it, I, I, now it becomes like a, a trend for me. And maybe if you now look at my life, especially in the last 10 years or even in the last 15 years, I think this is really like one of the hallmarks of my life that I'm pretty open for new things. Sometimes I question that now. I mean, I'm getting older. Yeah. Um, now above 30, maybe this progressivism part is maybe reducing it's a little slowly. Too much. <laughs> and and now you are becoming to be a little more conservative with yeah. even your ideas of the world, your views on everything. I was discussing with someone last week and I was like, I'm not even open to moving again, you know. I just want to stay where I am now, stay yeah. in the company I'm working. I'm not even, I, I'm not sure I want to go somewhere else because now I'm so still kind of scared of packing my loads and going to a new town. I had so many of that, but yes, yes, yes. Uh, uh, back to the point, this was really like the hallmark of my life, especially in the last, uh, one, one of the key hallmarks of my life last few years. I was open. I'm a very realistic person. I, I can remember after the conversation with my uncle, I, I, I was driving back home, not driving myself. I was in the public transport. And the old time, the 
it is words kept ringing in my head, you know, go up, yeah. explore new things, you know, see the development you read about in books and then come back home when you have things. Yeah, I, I think that was really the beginning. I, I'm not sure he's aware how much, you know, his words became gold, you know, and to totally redefined my trajectory at the end of the day. But yeah, the, the whole idea started. And yes, I'm, I'm, I'm always, I'm open to new things and I'm also quite realistic. I think these are the two, two key things. No, I think, I think that makes sense. Those are very key qualities anybody should have. I mean, be open yeah. and also be realistic because we're not realistic. You can end up jumping too fast or making a decision because you're open-minded and then you mm -hmm. you find yourself in a very yeah, comfortable yeah. situation. Yeah. Yeah, so let's talk now. So you got 2-2, you graduated with a 2-2. And of course, I don't want to even get into the study so in Nigeria because I know sometimes people graduate with results that could have been better if the systems were more favorable. But I can imagine that graduation with Tutu, uh, did you at any point feel like maybe you were not good enough? Maybe because I imagine you would have done your best, maybe hoping for it first class even and then somehow it's a Tutu. But I imagine, did you at any point question yourself and wonder maybe am I not brilliant enough? Am I even going to be worthy of studying for a master's? Has that even happened to you at all? Or you just thought it's one of those things and kept it moving? Uh, I mean, for, for me, basically... I I when I try to tell the complete story, you know. Okay. And I I I, I tweeted about these things some I think some months or years back, and graduating with a two two for me was. I, I'm not sure it's because I was not brilliant, or that I was not intelligent, but during my undergraduate studies, I was really involved in a lot. Like I said, I was extremely active with the student student unionism pain. Yeah, I I was elected into the student union. The uh, it's called Futasu, with uh, Federal University of Technology Accurate Students Union. In fact, I, I I just never really prioritized education. Yeah. Not, 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 not education, education but this yeah, exactly. yeah, education is broad, you know. Yeah. I, I believe then that I had a different future. And again, I tried to build my life on my own model. And my model then was, anyway, I, I'm, I'm 100% sure I'm going to be, become a politician here. Yeah. So I could have studied political science. My mom did not allow me to study law. Which was my first thing, you know, first choice. But then she forced me into science. I and I also don't want to, you know, when I was making those decisions, I, I was supposed to. I, I applied to study medicine in 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 UI. Now this is a very funny story, <laughs> which yeah. I think yeah, I I lived up to my mom some years after. So after I wrote Champ and I was I was in, I was invited for the interview. I think it was the first one and maybe there was a second one I can't remember anymore. But I just I stopped going for this interview, you know, yeah. just because I was hundred percent sure. Yes, my mom wants me to study medicine, but for me, my future is clear. Just imagine, 
my fisher is kept me at that age probably i was 15 yeah uh, yeah 15 my fisher was so clear that i knew no i don't want to study medicine if i study medicine i will become too busy i will maybe have to for the early phase of my career i will have to work in a government hospital i don't want to work in a government hospital i don't want to work with the government because I don't want to become dependent on the government. I always do the part of you know social activism and that I can't criticize the government and if I criticize then this maybe terminate my employment or or you know this whole thing. Yeah. And this is really why I really just picked and so when I was filling my form, my, my jam form, I, I really picked animal production and health as my second choice, knowing that with this degree, I will go back after graduating, set up a farm, earn my money from my farm independently, you yeah. know, not, and then be free to be an activist or, or a politician or anything I want to be without the fear of anyone threatening me or, or you know. So, I, I was really strongly opinionated about this political thing, uh, politics thing back then. And so, you know, you go into the university knowing fully well that you know where you are going. Yeah. And I think after my first week in Futa, I already became the campaign manager of 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 a guy who was contesting for student union president. Okay. He came, gave a talk, and I was like, guys, see, your talk is not sharp enough. You are not carrying the audience along. You are not showing enough charisma. Who is managing your campaign? And it was like, ah, like, okay, I volunteer to be your campaign manager. And then I re-engineered this campaign in a way that even though he did not win the election at the end of the day, he became actually the most popular candidate. Oh, nice. Because of, of yeah, because of the, the kind of ideas I brought. Those years, when the, when the students are, are studying, you know, they, they call it night class, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. night class. And, but we go there and share candles, you know. <laughs> because most times you don't have electricity. So we go there and share candles. But this guy just became super popular. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 that, that really speaks. I remember when I when I when I entered Futa, the HOD called me then Professor Alokon, and it was like, guy, uh, no, no guy, ah, Olani, you know, you I think I had the best results into the something like that and it was like we are looking forward to you as a potential first class graduate mm-hmm. and you will regularly like to follow up with me and my academic and all that but like i said i knew where i was going i don't know what i would do with aph in terms of academia or academic or anything I just knew I needed a degree that can make me self-sufficient. Yeah. So I don't feel the pressure then to 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 excel or or become I don't know graduate with a first class or a strong two one. I was just doing it, and I, you know, in in my five years in Futa, I never bought a textbook on animal production and and health or agriculture, but I have a full library which have on all autobiographies you can imagine, on political economy, on how to how to make a speech, and 
and I don't know, 1,000 greatest species in the world, blah, 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 you know, stuff like that. I was yeah. heavily invested in that direction. And I think that speaks at the end of the day, you know, uh, it, 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 the, the, the fact is there to see why then, you know, it's basically just that I did not put in enough attention on, on well, my... effort into my, it. Yeah. And I, I always try to remind people about this, that maybe I'm not just a typical person with a tutu, you know, that you can't equate that, you know. Whatever I do, I do it with a lot of passion. Yeah. I do it with a lot of commitment. And during those years when I was doing my undergraduate, I was doing politics and I was extreme, like super passionate about it. And I just did not put enough effort into, into, your in, into, into, exactly into my group. And it changed immediately. I got to get me. Yeah. And I, 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 yeah. 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 And, and yeah, you know, when I, when I post and I see people say, you know, it's because you are in a better place and the environment is more conducive. Hey, no, let's go and do the statistics, you know. Yeah, exactly How many people come here? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many people come here and they fall off along the road? I mean, you are here in Germany. Look again, maybe in your bachelor or in, sorry, in your master's class or among the community. No, it's not easy here. It's I don't know if it's more difficult than in Nigeria, but it's also equally as difficult as it should be in Nigeria, or I don't as think, it is in Nigeria. I think the thing what makes the difference, you know, the truth about exam, at least from where I, how I look at exam is, you pass the exam when you know how to pass it, not necessarily because you are brilliant. Mm -hmm. So in Nigeria, yeah. I've already accustomed myself to how to pass exam in Nigeria. That's very easy for me. I know what to do. But here, yeah. I only have one year plus to do a master's. And before you're able to familiarize yourself with the technicalities of writing and passing an exam here, your master's is over. I don't know if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Except you're very quick on your feet to figure it out early, you may not actually have a good result. And it's not because you're not doing your best, but just because you didn't really understand what you need to do it's to pass the exam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, so you're also a bit different. Yeah. And by get what you yeah. Need. yeah. And and I, I remember during my master program. So April, I would write that, you know, so in Germany, the I mean, maybe for, for your listeners. So the highest grade is 1.0. Yeah. It's the other way around. Uh, other way around. You know, Nigeria, the highest is 5.0. 5.0. So, I, and I, 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 there, there, there is this professor, I think Dagun Shai is a Chinese professor in my university then in Kiel. And I took three oral examinations with this guy. And the first one, he was like, you know, I'm supposed to give you 1.0, but because you don't speak clear enough, I would give you 1.3. Then, no, no, the first time, yeah. Then he gave me, was it 1.3 or 1.7? Then the second time, I had this exam, and he said, I'm supposed to give you 1.0, but I will give you 1.7. And I was like, ah, yes, I know it today. The first time you said you are supposed to. The second time you are telling me you are supposed to again. No, you can't give me 1.7 this time around, you know. But And then I think he gave me 1.3. He still did not give me 1.0. Again, studying in Germany, there, there, there are also issues, you know, even with the language, you know, the communications. The, these things are challenging in itself. But 
that's not even the the the, the we, we 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 scale through that, but I, I think this idea that because you are now abroad, all of a sudden, you know, you are in a yes, it's a better place. It's more conducive. You have internet to do your research, you have electricity. I mean, I was studying since 5 a.m. today, for example. I woke up 5 a.m. and I was on my table till I don't know, 2 p.m. Exactly, I think 2.05, you know, uh, uh, 5 after 2 in the afternoon. And for a second, I don't need to bother about electricity going off or charging my battery or or or, or data get, my, my data getting exhausted, you know. Yeah. So you have all those things that make life, you know, Easier. go well. But also you have millions of distractions. You know, and 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 it, it speaks back to the point I was trying to make earlier that if you look around you and see maybe how many people are falling off, see how many of people you know, your friends or or, or acquaintances from Nigeria or also Africa or who who just kind of fell off and 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 follow the other path, you know, you have a lot of that. Yeah, true. So, so it's not just that. I think there has to be something inside of you that is pushing you forward to do the right thing, to be committed to what. I mean, the 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 only thing that changed for me was when I got here, the two million naira my mom or my parents had for me to start my farm. I came to Germany with that money. Yeah, and all of a sudden, I became more matured, and and I started seeing life differently, and and looking at all the struggles, and 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 also my 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 parents had to make. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Those things became more of driving force for me. I mean, in Nigeria, I, I was thinking about those things. I mean, I would go there back then in you know, those days. I would I would I would go on TV stations. I would talk about this and talk about that. You know, before before I left Nigeria, actually, I think, yeah, it was this time, 2013. I think in the first week of September, the then governor called me personally in my room, you know. I was in my room and my phone rang and it's like, yeah, this is Olusha Gumimiko and I would like to invite you to the government house for a discussion based on an article I wrote, you know. So I was not doing badly, not like I was not making my parents proud then. I mean, if I would have continued what I was doing in Nigeria, I think I would have also been successful with that, you know. But just coming here, maybe I had better time to reflect. And above all, in Nigeria, I knew I would be something. Yeah. I, 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 for one day, I never doubted if I would be anything. But coming here, it became clear to me that I might not be anything here. I mean, politics is my strongest thing. Yeah. I don't know how to do any other thing. And I can't do politics here. So I felt I was doomed for failure already. So I had to start finding something else. All that energy, all that passion. And the only other option I, I have then is to study and follow science as a second alternative for me. So it's more of being propelled by the fear of failure. Yeah. Of not becoming anything in life. Yeah. And I, I just don't want to end up as not being anyone. And and this this really became a massive driving force for me. 
and and in those years even when when my my friends colleagues and when when they talk about oh we have to work we have to do this like yeah i would just do enough work to pay my rent because in this country whatever it is i cannot graduate with the worst grade i can graduate with should be 2.0 because you are 2.0, yeah. And you are a foreigner. You know, yeah, you've I come for your understand. masters and you you have to compete with the Germans. I mean, yeah. with your 2.0, you are probably competing with Germans who, who have 2.5 and 3.0, you know, because yeah. this foreign influence, you know, that you are not a part of the system. Or that you don't know the technicality, you know. Even if you have a if a if a German student will have a 2.5 or a 3.0, which is you know like 3.0 and 2.0 other way around in Nigeria, like 2.2, but they've gone through that process. They 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 are quite covered conversant with the technicalities. They have a lot of practical experiences. It's their country. They speak the language. Language. They can follow the workflow. You know, so yeah. it just became clear to me that whatever I'm doing, I have to have at least 2.0 to get a chance. And, and yeah, yeah, that, that really became like the fire that, that, that drove me through those years of studying or, or doing my master's and, and later my PhD. So. Yeah, I think, I think it makes sense because I don't think anybody has explained the situation the way you did. Like when you said in Nigeria, you're very sure that you would build a life for yourself, but all of a sudden in Germany, for once you were like doubtful about if you were actually capable of building that, which is like that fear of not failing was the thing that kind of propelled you. And I said this because this is also a feeling I've also been, I've also had to experience. Back in Nigeria, I was not scared. I was also very sure that I was going to build a good life for myself. Mm -hmm. I may not be able to tell you exactly in detail how it's going to happen. But of course, I also have like mm -hmm. a kind of a structure. I mean, I had a banking job. And at the very least, if I had retained that job, I'm going to keep on going at it at the very least. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but all of a sudden, I left the job. I'm doing a master's. And I'm like, whoa, everything is new mm -hmm. here. There is, like you said, these people have a better language. They've lived here all through their life. They know how things work. They know this. I'm learning everything from the scratch. And it's like, Am I even going to pull through? You're seeing the people you're competing with. And every job you even want to apply for, you go to LinkedIn, you've already seen hundreds of people apply for the job. It's like, mm -hmm. where do you even start from? It's that nagging feeling of, okay, it's actually possible to live here and not build the kind of life you had imagined. And yes, for me, I mean, I think it's a good thing that you're able to like, you're able to like, identify it early enough, I'm able to work towards it. For me, because I think for me, I just, it's just a recent realization and I'm still basically mm -hmm. still struggling to kind of remind myself again what my interests are, what I'm really trying mm -hmm. to achieve and then being able to focus my attention in things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because that, That's very key. Yeah, because it's like, at first, I was trying to juggle everything. I'm like, maybe it, I'm just going to figure things. But I think at this point, recently, I've just told myself, calm down. 
recalibrate, basically think through your life again. What exactly mm-hmm. are you interested in? What do you want to focus your attention in? Would they require another master's? Would they require whatever? Basically figure it out. And that's what I'm really trying to do. If I can come in. You yeah, know, go ahead. I, I, I think what worked for me, and I, I, I actually wanted to tweet about it today, but yeah. again, I have no time. <laughs> so yeah. what worked for me Instead of spending a lot of your energy trying to figure things out, yes, it's great to figure things out. But I, I, I think one thing, it's a very thin line, you know, because everything is again still under the heading of figuring things out. But sometimes when you, when you try to figure things out, then you, you start spending a lot of energy. So mm-hmm. I, 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 go, I, I take it the other way around. Instead of taking a bottom-up approach to grow, what I do is I take a kind of helicopter approach where I look at everything from the top, you know, not from I can do that, I can do that, I can do that, you know. For example, when I was finishing my PhD, I had no idea what awaits me. In fact, I, I, my, 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 my funding was finished December 2020. Yeah. I had enough savings to take me for four months and I have to figure out my life in these four months. Yeah. You know, and then all I did was again, maybe this helps you. What do I want to become? Go st- start, start from there at the top. Yeah. Not. Of course, you have to do a lot of fine-tuning, figuring on in the background, in, in the in the in the lower lower angle of the triangle, or, or the lower edges of the triangle. But just look, close your eyes, look at the top, and ask yourself, define what you want to be. Yeah. You know, and then the moment you have a definition of what you want to be, it's easier now to look from that upper point of view yeah. downward to connect how you get there. True, true, that makes sense. You know, so does it require you now to go, I, I don't know, uh, for example, I, you, 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 you picture yourself now that we are having this discussion, okay, I want to be a data analysis or data analyst kind of person yeah. or, or, or IT kind of guy, you know, and maybe now you don't have those skills, you know. Of course, you can start spending a lot of your time trying to figure things out. You have branch of triangle or branches of the triangle. But for me, it's just a lot of okay. I want to be an IT guy by the end of next year. Yeah. What should I do? Well, one thing I can start with. Of course, you now start figuring those points out to build. Maybe I want to go and go back on YouTube and, and take some basic courses on, I don't know, Python or web development and do that. Maybe I want to lock myself, which is actually what I did during my master's. Okay. You know, which, maybe I basically want to just lock myself indoors and, and, and with my YouTube from morning to night, do this. Of course, you still have to have your life or, or try and live as much as possible. But you want to make sure that to get to that goal, you need to pile up those hours. You go to school, you come back, which is basically what I did. I come back from class, maybe if I have to work, or if I don't have to work, then maybe 6 p.m. I lock myself in the room. 
I'm studying all three till 2 a.m., 3 a.m., you know, that kind of crazy schedule. Yeah. Of course, it has its, its disadvantages because now I'm just learning to sleep, learning how to sleep again. Those years, I'll basically just two, three, four hours every day, you know. But you don't have to go that extreme. But yeah, again, you, you want to lock yourself in for four solid months on YouTube learning Python. Advantage compared to Nigeria now, you have access to the internet, you have a computer, yeah. you have your headphone, you have your books. Then, after six months, what's the next step? I've learned this myself. Now, that's a, an extremely positive point on your CV. Yeah. That you can self-learn. You can define goals and you can reach those goals and you can take things to the next level. Then you basically want to now maybe apply for anywhere. Of course, it should take a couple of trials, but then you eat an internship in one of these companies. You do what you are supposed to do. You show them you are a learner, you know, and you are really doing your best. And you do your best. And I'm pretty sure that maybe after six months, that company will retain you. Even if they don't retain you, you already have six months of experience. That could count for something somewhere else. It will definitely count for something. Yeah, true. I, th- I think so, I think that's actually a very sensible way to look at it. And I think, funny enough, what I wanted to invite, I wanted to like go into details about your experience and all of that. Mm-hmm. But even though we've not really gone that route, I think it's this conversation so far has been quite eye-opening for me particularly, and I think for someone else, because it's, it's a lot of questions that really people have to ask themselves when they come abroad. Sometimes for some people, because some people know their path even before they come, why some mm-hmm. people things change along the lines. And mm-hmm. for some people, it's just sometimes the questions begin to spring up. What are you going to do? And like mm-hmm. you said, you just have to find start somewhere like what is the destination? Where do you want to get to? And then basically yeah. breaking it down to step by step and then keep on following it and i think exactly. even though we've not really gone to details of your set i think from what you've co- co- covered so far i think basically that's what you did and i want to maybe ask given that i mean because german language is something that the german the language itself it's something that people always talk about how it's important was it one of the things you really considered okay i have to learn this language and or did you just maybe think, okay, because it's not very important for my field and you ignored it? I'm basically asking how much how, how much path does your knowledge of German language play in the life you're able to build for yourself here within the timeline of 10 years? I think it is important. Okay. There is, it brings additional value to you. Okay. If you are able to speak the language, you are beginning to see things other people can't see. You are beginning to go to places other people who don't speak the language can't go to. Not because they are restricted from going there, but if you don't speak the language and you sit in the car and maybe there is a, an information in the on 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 air or listening to radio or something or even from the government ministries you know things like that so i think the language is 
very, very important. Yes, it's a very difficult language. When I came here, I initially wanted to study in German language. Yeah. So that meant I had to first uh, enroll in a language school, which many people don't get that opportunity to do. Because most people come in for their masters and they have to already go into like, you know, the whole academic thing. And you maybe are left or, or you are left just with the regular courses offered at the university. And I can assure you that course will not give you anything. For you to break through with German, you have to learn it intensively. Yeah. You have to really learn it intensively, at least 20 hours a week, intensively, except for some very exceptional people who can really do things and, and, and learn on their own. So then most people then just come in for their master's, start at the university, do this evening, two times a week courses are offered by the uni, but yeah, and then they graduate. And the moment they graduate, they have 18 months. You rarely see anybody then go back at that. During these 18 months, then to start learning language. We are basically focused on finding a job and also working to survive, you know? So the path is really difficult for international students here to learn the language. And, and get by, you know? But yes, if you know the language, if you have the means of learning the language or you have ways you can learn the language, I would strongly advise you to, you know? Of course, for those in the IT field, maybe the language is not a key determinant of their sources. Yeah. It will affect them. If you don't speak the language, even if you now get a nice IT job and you get a six-figure salary now because you have skills, going forward, you know, especially if you are not in the mainstream tech or I don't know if you are maybe in a more in a more local settings now or, or more or not a kind of really international company. Even in the international companies, you know, when you start growing in your career, you know, then it gets to a point, maybe things would start slowing down a little bit. You could, you, you definitely can be more, but because then there are some considerations, you know, and that starts maybe slowly kind of reducing your, your growth pace. So for those of us in, in academia or let's say in life sciences, yeah. we are also lucky to some extent because life science, the, the life science industry is very, very international. Yeah. Most of you also have shortage of skilled people in this field. So whichever way you depend the, the industry or the universities depend on on, on the, the inflow of foreign foreign students, you know, PhD positions, masters and all of these things. They depend a lot on this and and relatively well, I mean, for anyone who is working in the university, either you are a technician in a lab or 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 you are a secretary or you are a professor or you are a lecturer, you definitely can speak English to some extent. Yeah. So then for, for, for foreigners coming in and in, in this field of life science, again, we, we get it 
quite easy to, to get by. But look at you if you study law or social work or, or, or if you're an educationist, you know, or you've done your, 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 your PhD, I don't know, education or many of these other fields which are not like the international or very, very international fields, then it becomes difficult. So generally, I will always recommend to learn. Yeah. Because it helps. Good luck with learning. <laughs> it's a very difficult language. It is. But, it is. Yeah. But, but if you are here in Germany, then learn and at least show the willingness to practice. That you are, you are, that you are ready to learn. And, yeah. And, and they, they, I mean, there are issues here, but. I remember my first few weeks in Germany and I was in language school. I remember one of the days I, I think I went to the bank. I'd only spent about, I don't know, two, maybe a month or so in language school. I could pick up some things and I was speaking with this woman. She was, you know, Germans generally with the language, if they see you making that effort, they become very, very patient with you. I don't know if you've noticed that. Yeah, yeah. You know, they really allow you find the words and 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 you know give you all the time you need to speak. Yeah, since I started, they, they are friends, encouraging. Sorry to mm-hmm. cut you. Since I started, one of my friends have started speaking more German to me, just so I can practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's actually very nice. And you think you mentioned that sometimes you can also not learn the language can can shut you off from certain places. There's actually an event I wanted to register for. Then after registration, I found out that the lang- event was in German language. And it was mm-hmm. something I would have wanted to participate in. And I was like, oh no. Because it would have been a waste of time if I had gone there and they were speaking and I can't understand what they were saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think I think it's important actually, especially for certain fields, like you mentioned, for certain fields you may not you may get by without it. But even though I think it actually makes sense to at least be able to speak the basic language of a country you are in. And there was also something mm-hmm. I think you tweeted mm-hmm. about recently that I wanted to cover. You tweeted something about um PhD. I think someone had tweeted something about PhD being for people who want to go into academics, and you responded to that. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a myth a lot of people had. Even when I had mentioned to one of my older friends I was considering a PhD at some point earlier in the year, and she said, the thing she said, if you're not going to academics, don't bother. And I think we've heard versions of this a lot of time, but I saw in that we're trying to um, argue against that notion. So basically, what's your take on the aspect of the fact that we only need to do a PhD if you want to go into academics? And maybe maybe explain how that could also offer someone more opportunities. Um, yeah, I, I think the, yeah, the lady who treated this, she, 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 she appears to me as a troublemaker, actually. But, but it, it, it depends, you know. Now I, I, I see things from a lot of angles. I have a PhD. I work in a company. The pay is good, life is good. But I know some IT guys, young guys of maybe not more than two, three years experience. Agile 
Scrum Master, whatever terms give all these things. Of course, yeah. I, I know this stuff. Like. And then they are already even earning more than someone with a PhD. You know? yeah. um, equal, as equal as someone with a PhD. And then they have maybe just, uh, they have like a master degree. So it depends on the P. And that's why when this lady tweeted, the, the, the thing I said was, this does not, it, it's not true in its entirety, you know, mm -hmm. what she tweeted. And, and if you are coming from Nigeria, and I, I made this very clear, absolutely. If you are in Nigeria, if you do a PhD in Nigeria, you are destined for mm -hmm. academia. True. Because that's only that's where you have the opportunity. to be fair. Yeah, I mean, here in, in the Western in Western countries, and I gave these statistics, and it, it, the companies here spend between 15 to 25% of their total revenue, annual revenue, on research and development. So how can you sensibly say, yes, if you if you are not going to be in academia, then you don't waste your don't better you don't waste your time doing a PhD. There is the demand here for, for PhD level graduates. The, the, the society is stratified, you know, in a way that you need some special skills to run some special positions. And even in IT, you know, if you're an IT guy and, and you have a PhD, I'm sure your, your path will be different. Of course, there the skills the raw skills and, 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 and talent counts a lot, you know, than the paper, you know. But if you have two people who are equally talented, equally skilled in IT, one has a BSc, one has a PhD, or one has an MSc and one has a PhD, you as an employer, who will pick your interest first? I think I see the point. You know, yeah. and then again, at the basic level, even if you are all IT guys and you are all talented, at some point, some higher positions come up in that kind of setting. And you are all equally talented. And they have to find ways now of stratifying. You know, and, and especially when all of you like, Analyst and all of that, great. But then at some point, there would be someone to add the, the, the risk or, or the cybersecurity space or, or, or department. And then they look, oh, this person has a PhD. That's the demonstration that he can always get in stone. He can always find solutions. Then it becomes an advantage. And even in law, you know, I, I, I know in, in law, people say, yes, the, 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 the courtroom experience matters. Exactly, matters. And even having a master's and all of that. But when you then get to systems like, yeah, and yeah, if, if you are not in litigation and actively like, if you're not a litigator or, or, or something, 
I think with a PhD, you would rise faster, you know, than someone without a PhD. So it, it's not true in any way. I actually was being considerate to say, okay, maybe it's not true in its entirety. What she said is not true or something. Well, I don't think it's true in any way that uh, uh, your PhD condemns you or, or, or it's, a, it's a waste of time if you are if you, you don't want to stay in academia, that your PhD is a waste of time. No, and, and again, again, it's not even be a waste of time because I don't think yeah. knowledge is a waste of time, to be honest. No, no, no. And and again, 16, only 16% of PhD graduates stay in academia. So, which means those other people do things, and no, but they wouldn't be doing the PhD if it's not useful for them to. No, no, and 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 and, and, and another dimension I, I did not really get time to explain in, in that switch was, so again, let's look at the biotech feed. Look at these multinational companies, the big guys, even the small guys. When they hire account managers, when they hire sales managers, sales representatives, uh, uh, feed, uh, what was the word? Feed application scientists. Yeah. They won't hire a master. This these are even like business like roles, account managers, you know. But they, they, they won't hire someone with master degree for that, especially those multinationals. Because these guys are sales rep. What are they selling? They are selling medical devices. They are selling their techniques, you know, or or, or, or whatever technology they've developed, they believe they need PhD level folks in those positions yeah. because, for example, if a sales rep from, uh, okay, there, there, I, I had a meeting yesterday with a company that specialized on some complex way of synthesizing DNAs and all of that. Even if, yeah, if the, and, and for that kind of meeting, you know, they are sending people to meet other people who are PhD holders. You think they want to send a master degree holder to that meeting? Yeah, I get. I mean, so we no. expect you to be very knowledgeable about the subject. Yeah, and and, and because when 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 the meeting starts and they present whatever they have to present, and I as a scientist doing advanced science with a lot of issues I have to solve. And I speak to them about my problems. I they, they need people who can equally think that deep or who have been years of that type of expertise also. If I start talking about what I do to a master degree student, or uh, uh, yeah, good, good luck to you. Understanding everything in detail. So yeah, I think that makes it, sense. It, 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 it's not true. And and it's so unfortunate she made that. That, that kind of tweet, you know, even I mean, I a lot of people think that I already have that mindset, to be honest. And for me, because I, I, it's, it's, I find I don't, I like you, I don't, I never thought it made sense, but just that you keep on it all the time. And when I saw you count, I was like, first of all, it's first because that was the first time I actually seen somebody actively countering that opinion. And I think it's important that we have some of these conversations because. It can actually be the difference between someone making a decision to do a PhD or not. And I don't think, I think it's important for people to realize that their options, what their options are, 
Because at the end of the day, not everybody has the opportunity of having a mentor that can show them the way and explain certain decisions for them. And the only thing people could have to learn from these things is maybe listening to certain conversations like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think because we've spent quite, um, we've spent a lot of time, let's quickly conclude. But before we get into the conclusion, I want to ask one more question. You mentioned you yeah. had, we are passionate about politics from the get-go. And I imagine even though your trajectory has changed for you to get really into sciences, you also have an MBA, which is like business. I'm wondering, is yeah. it, do you still want to return to politics? And then even if you are going to, what is the plan now? Is it going back to Nigeria or finding a way to root yourself into the politics of Germany? Uh, <laughs> well, politics of Germany, uh, politics here in Germany, of course, you need to be, though I have met with many of uh, some of the, for example, some of the representatives in parliament, uh, and many times they've had, they've had, or a couple of times we've had conversations, and they're like, come on, your German is good enough to participate. We absolutely need stories like yours. You know, we need you in I I think a month ago I met with someone from the CDU here in the local village I live, and she just basically gave me like, please, um, please, you are this perfect example of foreigners we are looking for, you know. We need people to hear your story. We want to work with you. I was like, ah, my chairman, my chairman, my chairman. So I was like, no, your chairman is fine, blah, blah, blah. And no, I have I, been very, very cautious in the last 10 years not to get to invested in politics because I clearly recognize this is my first and second and third passion. That's the one thing I would do naturally without stress. Yeah. Now, it, it, it flows really like If you say, now we move from meeting, now I have to write an article, now I have to give it. I just do those things like super easy. You know? And, uh, but coming here now, and yeah, I'm just being cautious in a way that I don't want to destabilize myself by, you know, I have a feeling if I put my nose or my, my head to, or my thoughts too much into that, yeah. I will quickly get consumed in it again and I might forget every other thing I'm doing. And this is why, so when I was doing my PhD in ANOVA, like, and they called them Abgeordnata, uh, uh, these representatives in the state parliament, yeah. parliament, yeah, or something like that, yeah. And she, Tarin, so she's a, a lady, and she was like, you know, even if you don't want to be outside, we have many think tank groups. And yeah. English is fine. Speak any language and we, we are fine. But I was just super, very, very cautious because I know the moment I put my foot into that, one of my, like, feet into that, it might be a journey of no return to science for me. So I'm extremely careful there. Yes, I'm, I'm still passionate about it. Of course, I have to find a new motivation for science and a new passion for science to at least have a meaningful life in. 
But I don't know. I, I always can't say definitively. And in the last 10 years, I put a lot of energy to becoming a scientist, to learn a lot, to, to focus on. And, and I also don't want to grow that. So that's why, for now, I'm very, very careful not to, yeah, get involved with politics to the extent then that it consumes me in its end. In my entirety again, and for German politics, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I can't say anything to that effect for now. Maybe, maybe not. But for Nigerian politics, I also don't know. I don't know. One, one question I always still ask myself is: I hope we all live long and we have a good life and and live very old or get very old in the future. But one question I always ask myself now is, if I don't participate, how will I will I feel fulfilled in myself when I'm seventy? And I look back and and I ask myself, you know, before you left Nigeria, the governor invited you to work together, and and that maybe you can make some good contributions, you know. But then I already got the visa, I already made the payment. I already bought my ticket. I could not turn that, not cancel that anymore. And yeah, I don't know. But I, I think we will see with time. We will see with time. And also, I mean, with politics, of course, I'm also a little bit kind of, uh, uh, I mean, I'm, I've been disconnected now for like 10 years. Of course, I still have many of my contacts in Nigeria, many of Friends, but again, yeah, I've not been fully into this for times, but yeah, I, I can't say. I, I can't say honestly. I don't know. I mean, I think I say. honesty, because yeah, sometimes you just have to take your time to really think about your choices again and see mm-hmm. where it leads you. And I like the fact that you are really honest about the fact that you've even wondered if in the future you'd feel any type of way. But I also think it's not a problem. You still have a long way to go. I think it's also mm-hmm. important to like take your time. And if in the future you change your mind and decide this is what I want to do, I also don't think it's you can always switch and pursue it. And I think I should also mention, I don't know if you're aware that someone in Nigerian is actually contesting for position in, um, what's it called? I think it's in this House of Assembly, the Assembly House you mentioned in Frankfurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah, his name is uh, Che Chukumerije. I think Chukumerije's son, the politician, his son who lives in Frankfurt is actually running for a post. Okay. Yes, here in Germany. And I find it very fascinating that someone is, I mean, I think it's it really takes a lot of boldness for you to leave your own country, Stay long in another mm-hmm. country and then want to run for office. Yes, yes. Yeah. It so, is especially with Germany and the language. Exactly. It takes a lot of courage, actually. It's a lot of courage. And I really, I really think it's commendable. And I wish I were in a place where I could possibly vote if I if I if I'm a, 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 um eligible mm-hmm. to because I think at least giving my support. Now let's quickly make a conclusion so we don't have a podcast that is too long for anybody to listen to. Mm-hmm. Given yeah. your experience so far, what advice would you give to someone who is planning to move to Germany for studies? Very simple. 
everything you imagine is possible. Okay. So spend your time to imagine good and something benefiting from. But from what I have seen here, yes, there are challenges. Yes, there are issues. But everything you think in your head, you think it is possible if you work towards it. I always say at the end of the day, if your goal is to reach 100, you know, in Germany, and you really start working and, and, and you start struggling and pushing and, you know, you throw out the commitments, the energy, the dedication and everything, determination, you are determined as anything. If, even if you don't get to 100, I can assure you, you would be around 90, 95. And that's excellent. I, at least for me, mm. again, it, it, I, like I said, I'm a very realistic person. I, I, I know there are limitations because you are a foreigner. But if I aspire to get 100 things, and if I can get 85 to 90, I think for me, at least for my own personal goal, 80%, 85% is always my cutoff for success. So if you get 85% of your goals, you are successful. At least this one like is my own dictionary of success. I know that people said 95. I know that people said 100. But for me, I'm fine with 85%. So yeah, whatever you set your mind to, and you work hard for it, I can assure you, you have above 85% chance of this. Yeah. So for me, everything is possible. Because when I when I look back at how I started, everything I've written down that I want to be, I've actually achieved all of those things. Of course, I'm still dreaming. I'm still, I'm, I'm still writing my story. I'm still aiming for things. But so far, I really think everything I've set my mind to and really pushed for, I got all of them, actually. And you even be surprised that you start getting encouragement even from chairmen, and they start telling you, this, you are the kind of person they want their kids to be. When I, when I inter interviewed in my company where I work now, a professor, you know, actually two of our, two, two people there really told me this, the things I'm talking about, the way I said I've been living my life, that's what they are hoping their kids or how they hope their kids can live their life. And these people all of a sudden just start encouraging you. When I went to the seminar, I, I studied animal production and it for my BSc. My mm -hmm. master's was agricultural genomics. Okay. And then I wanted to do PhD in cancer biology. I conceived that dream. And right there in the interview, Dr. Michelle Rutter was telling me, Olani, unfortunately, I can't offer you this position because we already selected someone before, before now. Yeah. But I'm so motivated by your drive. And even if you don't get a position at the Anova Medical School, please don't go back on this dream. Keep pushing. He's a German, you know? And yeah. I can't forget those words of encouragement. Of course, I eventually got my PhD position in that same university, you know? So that's why for me, everything is possible. You just have to work hard together. That's it.
I think that's actually a brilliant idea. So basically dream big and then do your best to achieve it and see what where you can arrive mm-hmm. at. And I think that's a very good advice. And personally, I'm going to take that advice because I think, like I mentioned, I'm still in a place where I'm trying to figure my life out and I'm going to allow myself dream as big as, as possible and then mm-hmm. take step-by-step measures to achieving them and seeing what happens and hopefully by 10 years time i'll be able to make a tweet like yours maybe of course maybe not saying that i've done phds and mbas and msc because they may that may not be my exact goal but say that whatever the goal is i've been able to achieve it within this timeline Mm -hmm. once again thank you very much for joining doc olani and i think it's going to be an impactful episode for whoever listens to it thank you once again Thank you for having me. And yeah, I have a nice, it, it was really nice discussing with you. All Enjoyed right. it. Yeah, so thank you for joining this episode of the podcast. And I hope you learned one or two things or at least found it entertaining. And hopefully you come back for more episodes. Do remember to subscribe or follow on your um, preferred podcast streaming platform. Leave a comment, like, and share with anybody who might be interested and enjoy the rest of your day. Bye.